Good day, everyone. This is Martha Childress, and welcome to Sedona Spotlight, where each week my co-host Darielle Archer or I feature teachers, healers, visionaries, and other notables in their field from mystical, magical Sedona, Arizona. Sedona Spotlight is here to shine its light on you, so anyone, anywhere, or anytime can experience the amazing energies emanating from the sacred red rocks of Sedona, Arizona. You can also lighten up live from Seattle, Washington, and vicinity every Tuesday at half past noon on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM on the dial, or listen live online from anywhere in the world you might happen to be at 1230 PM US Pacific time for half the year, <laughs> this part of the year, by clicking the listen live link at SedonaSpotlight.com. And back with me today here in Sedona is Walking Crow. And this time we're gonna have a pretty candid discussion about something we often talk about on our walks together, which is, spirituality and addiction. Um, Walking Crow has had a lot to share about the topic um, based on his own personal experience and what he's observed and counseled with many others as well, which he'll talk about. Uh, Walking Crow is also a transformational mind, body, spirit mentor, facilitator, and drum maker, as well as offering transformational sacred drum medicine and much, much more. Welcome back, Walking Crow. Hi, Martha. Thank you for having me back. How are you? Just fine, just fine. Sophie says hi. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Sophie. And yeah, yeah, Sophie, she's got a little paw on my foot now. Um, and, you know, speaking of transformation, um, that could really be at the heart of today's topic about spirituality and addiction, um, especially the transformational power that can unfold with the healing of core wounds. Uh, many of which are also found at the root of many addictions. So uh, why don't yeah. you please start off by sharing your transformational journey in relationship to your own experience um, with addiction and your spiritual awakening, or should I say um, deepening? Yeah, I, you know, um, during my recovery, uh, my uh, sobriety, if you will, I knew nothing about spirituality. I was a religious person and, you know, there, there are differences there. Some similarities, but they're definite differences. And I would walk through meetings and be in meetings at, at 20 years sober, my life started to change and I started to step into the spiritual nature of who I am at, by becoming a, 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 an energy healer. And I realized that, you know, 20 years had gone by and I was still going to meetings and I had transformed completely and that I was no longer an alcoholic. I didn't have an alcoholic brain. I didn't have an alcoholic nature. A lot of that stuff as I became the healer and transformed just fell by the wayside. You know, um, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they like to say, you know, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. That's not true because just because you're one day sober doesn't mean you're always that day sober. You're two days sober, you're three days sober, you transform, you change, yeah. you shift, you change. So uh, telling somebody that they're stuck being what they are is, um, as far as I'm concerned, not wanting anybody to leave the sandbox. And, you know, God bless Bob and Bill, you know, and, and Lois and others. Uh, uh, Bill uh, was always trying different things forms of psychology and drugs to overcome his 
uh, addiction to alcohol where mm-hmm. Bob, Dr. Bob was comfortable just going to meetings and being the alcoholic and that sort of thing. And, you know, Bill yeah. never stayed sober. Well, when you constantly search for the secret answer, the secret elixir, uh, you know, yeah. you, you, there is no comfort. There's no comfort zone. You don't ever go, get to go inside. You're always seeking outside yourself for an answer that may not ever be there. But I believe, yeah. this is a teaching of mine, the first sound I heard in utero was the heart, my mother's heart. Yeah. I got birth and I got pushed out into the light. I got placed to the breast and I was breastfed from that same place, heart, lungs, air, I love, I'm loved. Heart, lungs, air, I don't have the capacity to love. I don't have the capacity to be loved. Which is it? Well, at some point in my life, I made a choice not to be loved and I went my merry way and got farther and farther away from that heartbeat. Well, when I got sober, unbeknownst to me, eventually I would come back around full circle to that place of the heartbeat, which was the healing that I, the healer that I became, the healing that I incurred, and the transformation that I started down the path of, the the transformation, road of transformation. And my life changed and my life work has become being sober, not staying sober. I'm just sober. I don't have to stay anything. Um, I no longer go to meetings because I'm no longer an alcoholic. I no longer have a physical craving. I don't have an obsession of the mind. Other people have an obsession of my craving and an obsession of my mind. I mean, I have elders (laughs) who have come to me and say, "Uh, are you going to meetings? You know, if you don't go to meetings, you're going to drink. I would tell them, stop right there. And these are my elders. If you want to drink, I will buy you a drink, but do not muddy my waters with that sort of thinking. I don't live in that world of thinking anymore. I have gone so far beyond that. And I feel bad for people who are still sitting in AA meetings, drinking coffee, bad coffee, day in and day out, and donuts cut in half and cookies and, you know, that that serves a purpose that serves a foundation but when do you start to when do you start to branch out a a tree has a rooted foundation but it also above ground it has branches that it branches out and it grows outward it never grows inward it grows outward and i think the alcoholic misses that boat and the opportunity to do more for themselves now there's a there's a big degree there's a big there's a lot of like um shopping addiction in alcoholics nuns there's a lot of overeating obesity in aa um there's a lot of different well they're all they're all addiction they are they're all addictions and i think the risk um you know just the language around addiction no matter what kind of addiction it is um is an addiction in itself. I mean, and the risk of the the addiction being a life sentence instead of discovering how to live a more meaningful um, and whole life. Um, it's if it's no longer about having to fill this void, which is going to happen one way or another. And if and I think that's where the spiritual, you know, that 
the opening that void um, long enough to bring spirit in is where there's a lot of sustainability and a new way of life. You know, right. it's more of a pathway. Um, and I love, you know, the, the people that I've referred you to um, had just been kind of stuck in that um, and that kind of self abuse when they, you know, um, arguably the ones that I've sent your way have already recognized that the reason for their addiction came from like what exactly. you said too, just like, a, you know, some sort of a core wound. Right. And all the methods that they were doing just added to that wound because, um, you know, they were, you know, it was, you, you can't kind of mind over a wound. Um, and, you know, those processes, although a lot of them are very good to, you know, stop or pause the addiction, it might not be the best um, method suited for the rest of your journey. And I still think cherry picking is allowed. Some people still like the community and, and whatnot, but you don't, you know, just take the parts that work, leave the rest behind. And I think, you know, just the transformational power of healing just, you know, can may maybe turn it into a new path of discovery. I mean, what would life be like if you're, if you started to feel good, you know, and connected and, and whole, and, you know, it's just, it, that is a true transformation where, um, in the process, um, you know, in that state of wholeness and fulfillment, when, when you're present with that addiction's powerless, there's, you know, it can't, it can't, there's no host for it. Right. Isn't that been your experience from our conversations? It certainly, you know, seems to be, um, you know, sound like what you're saying and, and it's been the experience of everyone, like, you know, I'm not going to say names, but you know, the people that I've passed your way, they're like, Oh my God, you know, this, this, it's not my bad. And, and, oh, how fun. This new pathway is something I can really, I'm, I'm excited about actually, instead of dreading having to go back and rehab, you know, and right. it's like, whoa, this is wonderful. I mean, and they, they leave excited about, you know, new opportunities and new doorways and new pathways that, you know, they never even thought to look. And it's like, whoa. And um, one of them I was just talking to the other day too. And she said, oh my gosh, Martha. She goes, I was just laying in the pool, um, listening to music, um, just feeling the sun. And she goes, this euphoria just poured into me. And she goes, I don't think I've ever experienced that before. But, you know, since I've kind of taken this new journey and this new approach instead of just dreading and she was, you know, some of them was just like at the point, it's like, I don't even want to live anymore if I'm just going to have to keep beating myself up. She is so excited about the rest of her life now and getting right. healthy and exercising. Everything else is just falling in place. Um, and it's so it's, you know, there's so many things that are out there, but I think that, you know, the part that you're talking about is so important, you know, for people to to kind of hear and take a piece of because it's more of an honoring of of self as well as the process instead of a punishment you know it's an opportunity for a new pathway right you know years ago in my early sobriety i worked for a, a tech company small tech company in los angeles and um what one of the techs a sales guy and myself were standing on the porch and we were we were kind of john and smoking cigars and you know blah 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 and one of the texts <laughs> one of the texts says says to me 
you know, I think I'm an alcoholic. And my first thought is, well, why are you thinking? Um, uh, and I, I say, yeah, really? Why do you think you're an alcoholic? I, I, I don't even know how much time I had at this time, five, six, seven, eight years. And he said, um, I go to a karaoke every night and I get drunk. And I looked at him. I said, well, maybe you need a new hobby. He says, what? Yeah. <laughs> I said, maybe you need to do something else with your time because when you hang out in a barbershop, you're going to get a haircut. And he just looked at me like I was a genius. I'm not a genius. I'm just a sensible man. I'm a sensible person. And I'm, a res I'm responsible with my words, I hope. And he just, he, we're still friends to this day. And he remembers that conversation. Now, I, you know, I'm not any smarter than anybody else. But I, there's something that, there's a wisdom that's been given to me. And I don't know why me. Well, maybe I do know why me because I know how to be responsible mm -hmm. with it. Just like yeah. um, I, I learned how to be responsible with my sobriety. How do I behave in sobriety? Well, you don't, you know what, where you eat. You know, I didn't date in alcoholics. Not, I didn't do all that stuff there. You know, I, yeah. I didn't get involved with people in shady ideas and hair, harebrained schemes and all that stuff that happens just like it happens everywhere else, but it happens yeah. there too. And, um, yeah. you know, there was people, I would, I would admonish people. There was people who come in with more time than me and they would say maybe about the same time, 23 years of, of one artist in particular, he would say, you know, I had to run here. Uh, 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 I had to hurry to a meeting. Um, and the guy was dressed like a hobo. He was an artist and he was dressed like a hobo and his teeth were missing. And he just was like a, a mess. And, um, oh, and he had this, he had so much to say about nothing. And uh, after he finished sharing, I raised my hand. I said, I'd like to buy you a drink after the meeting. And everybody was appalled. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I said, did you read your book? Did you call your sponsor? Did you help another alcoholic? Did you call somebody and tell them where you were at, how you were feeling, what you were going through? You did everything that you claimed to do, you didn't do. I said, so I'll take you down the street, three, three doors down, and I'll buy you a beer or a six-pack, whatever it is that you want. But don't come here and share that nonsense. The meeting is for the newcomer to find hope. There is no hope in what you just gave them. Everybody was patting my back later, and I don't want pats on the back. You know, be responsible with your sobriety. Be responsible with my sobriety and the responsibility, the sobriety of others. It's what we owe them for our sobriety. And that's it. And that's all. Well, and you um, earlier, too, kind of touched on the difference between habit and addiction, too. Right. Um, and, and there again, too, it's just how much language is used um, <laughs> and... Even if, yeah, I mean, like the addiction is an addictive word, um, but even if you um, using the word kind of habit, it's like a habit, something you can change habits, something you can, you know, have power over, you know, you can, you, everyone has power to change their habits. Uh -huh. And then when you change your habits, you might find, yeah, something else. Cause even if you do do the core wounds, the habit can still be there, you know? Oh yeah. And so yeah, so it's 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 very multi-layered. Um, but if you're not feeling that, you know, that the habit has to be addressed at one point or another, and that's where um, 
you know, that that's the people that I know that have had, um, you know, a sustainable, um, you know, I don't even want to use the recovery, a, a, just a, a sustainable, different way of life, you know, a, you know, addiction free. And they're, they can sit at a bar, they can do whatever, they have no problem having it around them because they are different, different people. And they will tell you that they feel like they're a better person than they ever were. They're happier than they've ever been. And I think those are the ones that did ultimately go, you know, find their own self and their own, um, you know, their own inner journey, their own spirituality, you know, their belief in themselves, belief in the world. Um, you know, it's a better way to live, you know, um, instead of yep. trying to fill those walls with something else. You know, I don't have the habit of hanging out in bars. And if I go to a bar, and they teach you this in Alcoholics Anonymous, if you go into a bar, you should have a reason to be there. Well, yesterday I went into Mooney's, an Irish pub here in Sedona. Why did I go to Mooney's? I wanted bangers and mash. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good reason to go into that. It's really and, good. It's a really good reason to go to Mooney's. <laughs> right. And I had my Arnold Palmer, two or three of them, and I left. Now, yeah. I, I eat at more bars these days than I ever drank at. And I have no yeah. fear because my intention is set. When I go in there, I'm there for charcuterie and fresh bread. I'm there for sausage and cheese. I'm there for co a good coffee. I'm not there for wine. I'm not there for sulfites in my body. Well, I'm going to get that in the charcuterie. Sorry. But um, yeah. <laughs> there's sulfites and <laughs> cheese and there's sulfites and sausage. Okay. But they don't get me drunk. You know, sulfites are, are yeah. a preservative. But, you know, yeah. what is my intention when I step into uh, the the, the uh, liquor aisle in um, – in, in a grocery store, I've been to your home and I've been to your home and I've taken a bottle of wine. I'm, I, I was taught that when you go to somebody's home, you take a gift. And you know, and yeah. I don't know anything about wines anymore. So I always ask the wine clerk and they know that I don't drink and they have this funny look when I'm asking, but I, I tell them it's for a gift and you know, I do, you know, and I don't feel um, disempowered uh, when I'm carrying a bag of wine or anything else, I don't, I feel empowered. I'm able to do this. It's like anything yeah. else, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't drink yeah. coffee addictively. I love coffee. You know, um, I, 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 I don't have a need to drink that incessantly addictively or any other way. Oh. And you don't have bangers every night, you know, I mean, just like everything, you know, you, you can right in moderation. You can feed feed your senses too, and it's interesting because a lot of the um, um, alcoholics that are the you know people that had um, considered their uh, a bear eyed. See, even just using the word alcoholic, I'm just it's like gosh, stop this language. You know, people that uh, uh, over abused um, alcohol and they would not eat um, because they wanted you know it's like to to numb the senses. Well, and when you're you're not numbing your senses, you appreciate food, you appreciate everything, you appreciate all these little nuances, and so, and that's I think where the the spirituality part of it is so huge, um, is feeling again, you know, and you've got to feel it to heal it, and then when yeah. you 
heal it. You feel everything. You feel all the good stuff. Yeah. You know, um, if, if you ever were standing outside in front of a meeting just before meeting time, it's hysterical. Everybody's sipping coffee. Everybody's smoking cigarettes, you know, groups of people. And when they say meeting time, they gulp down the coffee. They, they hit the, the cigarette like it's a joint. It's a big drag. And I, I, I just stand there in amazement. I'm like, wow. And you're, you're sober going in the building. How is that possible? Nicotine and caffeine. Wow. I just like, okay, if you say so. I have a a friend that got sober with me and she constantly smokes a vape. And one day I said to her, and I don't smoke it. I smoke ceremonial tobacco and that's it when it's time. And I asked her one day and I poked at her chest. I said, when are you going to do something about that? She says, what? I said, your heart. Because when you do something about that, you'll stop smoking that garbage. And she started yeah. to cry. Well, and and the heart, as I say, you know, that every core wound is, you know, is that, is, a, you know, in some sense, a broken heart. And just knowing, um, and this is what you're so good at, um, you know, when you've worked work with people that have had addiction too, is them feeling like they can open up their heart again, you know? and have their heart recognized um, because, you know, just like everything it does really just get down to love, you know, right. love of, you know, just that, that, that feeling and that sense. And, and to me, that's really what spirituality is, is it's recognizing the love in everyone. Right. Yeah. But I know that, um, you know, and that's, as I say, the, whatever method we're not, you know, not condoning or, you know, anything here as much as just, you know, we, I just want, this conversation to let people know there's, there's other, there's a lot of ands, you know, there's oh, yeah. other pathways. Yeah. There's lots and lots of ands and ways to make your life more fulfilling. And um, as they say, just, you know, even if you don't have addiction, I mean, gosh, how, you know, fulfilling, you know, a life of more purpose when you start to kind of bring more of a sense of, um, you know, purpose and spirituality, but, you know, it's like, I couldn't do any of that until I worked on some of my core wounds too. I mean, it's, it's a part of everything, you know, whether you have addiction or not. Um, but I think a lot of people that, you know, are more prone to addiction are the people that have probably been hurt the most and hurt the most, or they're the most empathetic, um, loving, caring, compassionate people, um, that they're feeling a lot of, other people's wounds and taking it on for themselves too. So totally understand where that can become overwhelming, you know? Um, So, I mean, the pathway bringing spirituality into your recovery and in a loving way, um, you know, in a, and especially, you know, that with the heart, you know, with the drum and the heartbeat and your approach in particular is such a wonderful way to kind of uh, turn it into a new discovery, you know? Right. And um, be be a, be a new a new a new pathway, you know, for the rest of their lives. You know, a lot of the work that I do in my in my practice is I take people, I do soul retrieval with people, and I take them back to the place of the the original splinter of the soul, where they were splintered yeah. originally, and then we move into the other areas where they were splintered. And I teach them and I talk to them about going back 
and picking up, you know, and I, and I, I ask them if they have children and they say, yes. I said, what the, and I'll put my hands in the air. Like I want to be picked up, uppy, uppy. I said, what does this mean? Pick yeah. me up. I said, when were you picked up? When were you not picked up? When yeah. do, would you like to be picked up? Because you can be picked up by the you by going back, picking up that child that didn't have tools to move forward and integrating that two, three, five-year-old, 11-year-old uh, uh, wound, wounded womb child, because I, I was a wounded yeah. womb child, um, yeah. and be integrated with the adult and do the integration work with Oho Pono Pono. I'm sorry, forgive me, thank yeah. you, I love you. Apologizing to the child, your own child for not being able to love you, not being able to give to you, not being able and taking that child and just holding them and start the, the process of self-care for the self, which will heal that child and the adult. And it's such a beautiful process. I love working with people in that way because it's important to know your why. You know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they say, you know, I'm an alcoholic because my father was an alcoholic. That's a cop-out. That's, that's avoiding responsibility. I'm yeah. a, I'm, I was an alcoholic because I picked up a drink at 11 years old and I had no business picking up a drink at 11 years old and time. Yeah. That's yeah. not what 11 year well, olds do. <laughs> no, no. And unfortunately we are at the end of our hour uh, or a half hour, pardon me. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd like to continue this conversation and, you know, with um, some other people too, that, you know, just, you know, approach it the way you do as well. And I was going to ask you what you wanted to leave our listeners with today. And I think you just said it. <laughs> so how can people um, find you and schedule a session or find your website and learn more about what you do? Um, you know, just love yourself the best you can without excuses. That's all I'll ask of you. That's it. And you can find me at, yeah, and at your website. Website is sacreddrummedicine.com, www.sacreddrummedicine.com. Okay. And you can also find Walking Crow's website along with an archive of today's show at SedonaSpotlight.com along with other great resources to help raise our consciousness and the latest with our clean water projects for the Hopi and Apaho, which thank you so much, Walking Crow, for everything you've done with us on that as well. You're welcome. Um, so thank you again for joining us today. Thank you. And yeah, and thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in and turning up the lights because together we're all spotlights helping to create a brighter world and better future for everyone anywhere and anytime. So keep on shining and have a wonderful day.